That's exactly what Joe is doing right now. <laughs> and we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. This is Gerald Glassford coming right here at you for Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Game Source and Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Of course, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out Ox1947 today at LakersBall.com. Plus he's got a great company that you got to go ahead and check out if you live in the SoCal area and you need more help with your front lawn or back lawn, or a lawn. It is Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com, plus our good friends at Lakerholics.com, Jamie Sweet, and the number one Lakers blogger that's out there, Laker Tom. Go ahead and check them out today at Lakerholics.com. Our good friend, John McCallion, go ahead and support him today on YouTube at the John McCallion channel. And of course, the hardest working man right now, is Stone Hansen because he and the guys from the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast are working extremely hard indeed to go ahead and get you the best info that they can right there for you at, of course, the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast. And one last note before we go ahead and say, of course, the usual stuff, make sure you go ahead and tune in on Thursday, live on the air will be the Los Angeles Lakers right there for you during the NBA draft. And we'll have the draft in full. We will have a simulcast on both playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. And of course, YouTube, Facebook, and all of our great stops will be all over the place for the NBA draft. So go ahead and follow us at 5 p.m. on Thursday, Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern right here at the Lakers fast break or Lakers Fast Break on Playback. And if you can support all that, plus like, share, and subscribe. We need all the subscribers we can get so we can give you the latest notifications so when we go live on the air. And if you do, it's sincerely appreciated. PMC, what's up? Great to have you here. Captain of Hashtag Team Replay. It's Gerald Glassford. Appreciate you watching, listening out there. It is, of course, the Lakers Fast Break. And all the news surrounds the NBA draft and all the moves and all the shakeups that could happen. We've already seen one major trade already. Could we see another? And could that involve the Los Angeles Lakers? That's the talk I hear. That's the talk I see. That's the stuff I see out there when it concerns the Los Angeles Lakers. So we're going to go ahead and talk today about that possibility. Is the Lakers getting a little bit itchy with a trigger finger? to go ahead and pull off a trade. We'll talk about that. Plus, what are the Lakers looking forward and doing here in a couple of days? We'll talk about that, about that as well. So do you want to bring in the good man indeed? He's here today, here today with me late night. Of course, you got to go ahead and check him out today at LakersBall.com. It's Ox1947. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you here, my friend. Munching and crunching, of course. Late night with me here I just wanted to go ahead and see, gauge your opinion on what's going on with the Lakers because it's been very quiet today for the most part outside of Kyle Kuzma declining in the last year on his contract. So he'll become a free agent. We haven't heard too much going on, just the scuttlebutt around Damian Lillard, a little bit about Zion, what's going on there concerning the draft and could he be traded for the number two or three pick. Damian Lillard, will his future stay in Portland? 
The thing is, though, all is quiet on the Lakers' front. Do you think they're working out something more extensive? Do you think some big moves are possibly in play? Well, the first bit of information on the new CBA ripples are now starting. So expiring contracts are probably going to be an interesting item here in the next few weeks. Nothing can be off the books on this one. There's been discussion with uh, Mo Bamba and Beasley's money as a way of getting talent, as a way of doing certain things with it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on that one. That's a pretty considerable number. It's twenty-six million. Rob has a lot of options here. He's going to have to kind of play a little bit of which which part is he going to engage in first? Is he which part is is he going to wait for someone to probably give him a call? How is the draft going to decide how those things come together? Could it be a expiring contract and a draft pick? Could it be some uh, the Lakers picking someone to for for another team? Could it be them dropping down and getting more picks? There's so many options here, which is why I think it's going to be a good couple of weeks here in anticipation of what's going on. As far as uh, Damian Lillard, I think there's really only one place he can end up. Otherwise, he just might as well stay in Portland, which is Miami. There's been some talk about how that process can work. Uh, Kyle Kuzma is going to be looking for max money. I don't know why anybody would give him max money, but I've seen crazier things before, like paying Bradley Beal almost $60 million. Well, let me ask you this, my friend. He gave up $13 million on his contract to go ahead and be a free agent. Do you think he'll get more than that? in the you know, not, not, not a max per se, but do you think at least he'll get more than $13 million a year? I could see him getting three years for sixty. I could see him doing that too as well. I could see him getting around 18 to 20. If he wants more years, a four or five year pack, he might have to go ahead down to 15 to 17 million, but I could see him getting 20 for a three year deal. And I think, I think he stays in Washington. If Washington says we'll give you four years for 80, I think he stays. I think it's all quiet. It's almost too quiet for the Lakers right now. I just, you don't hear much in the way of rumors or innuendo. And that's usually not the way it goes here in Lakers land. Oh, sure it does. If when, when Mitch was in charge, he used to do his deals stealth-like, and that's a good thing. And Unless Mo- it's Timothy Timothy Moscow. Well, you can't, you can't, uh, I think something else was behind that. That's my Luol theory. Gang. Yeah, there was, there was something else there that, that I believe okay. was the culprit of it. And we'll never know either way, but. It doesn't make sense for a guy that pulled off two of the more iconic trades. It's just that one of them was denied. The other one obviously ended up creating three straight finals of appearances and two titles. Uh, quiet is good. Quiet is not ruffling feathers within your organization as well as whomever you're working with. Uh there are rumors starting uh, right now, even today, uh, about Paul George. Uh, there's rumors that Charlotte's going to pick Brandon Miller. A lot of these things are 
starting to come together here before the draft on Thursday. We're going to know a lot more on Thursday. I, I am, I, I, I will tell everyone that's listening and those who listen on playback or replay, <clears throat> be ready for Thursday. I think there's going to be some fireworks on Thursday because there's going to be determinations that day on who and what will get traded draft pick wise or not. And what will, what will dictate the setup. So the, the word is if Portland keeps the third pick and drafts e- either Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, which again, it looks, sounds like it might be Scoot. He's going to probably want out. And I'm kind of questioning why Charlotte would go to Brandon Miller when Scoot is a better player. That's from my assessment. What are they doing there? Are they doing that for LaMelo LaMelo Ball? That's a big mistake. I told you guys. I told everyone. You never draft anyone other than best player available when it comes to the draft. When When you draft based off need, especially that high in the draft, you are playing with fire. LaMelo Ball isn't one of those guys that's going to be loyal to the Charlotte Hornets. You better make sure you pick the right guys when you can. Uh, it's just one of those things we're going to find out on Thursday and see kind of where things kind of sway over. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with me, Gerald Glasford. Thanks so much for listening. Truly appreciate it. Wanted to ask you real quick on this, though, when it comes to what I've been seeing as well and hearing, I do want to mention something that my friend on his latest podcast, Appearance, that is Rafael Barlow of the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Rafael had said he's hearing a little bit in the grapevine out there, a little bit of the feelers. He's out in New York right now at the area of the draft. He was by the draft hotel today and, and get a chance to you know listen to his show, obviously, of course, if you can. Plus, he made some other podcast appearances earlier today as well. Wanted to go ahead and mention that he was thinking about uh, and hearing about some actually some speculation that Indiana is looking to trade and get younger. They're looking to trade up in the draft and get higher picks, but they're looking to get younger and go the way of Washington and look towards a, a rebuilding mode. And that could mean jettisoning off some players that you talked about last week in Miles Turner and Buddy Heald and some other players that are veterans on the roster. The reason why I say that, of course, this has long been a dream and a rumor for the Lakers now for well over a year since Laker Tom started envisioning this a long time ago. Your thoughts on the possibility that maybe Indiana, I know with Kevin Pritchard, you think who is our mortal, mortal enemy who really hates our guts, would actually do business with the Lakers and maybe see maybe possibility of having the one or both of those guys head over to LA in a trade. I don't know where that comes from. And, but uh, miles Turner is what? Uh, 26, 27. He's uh, I think he's closer to 28, 28. Yeah. So I, I, uh, he's 27 and buddy healed is not that old. He's, Fairly well, young. Remember, he faked a year, so he's actually 31. Okay, so <laughs> 31 isn't that old. I, I don't know what Indiana's goal would be to get better or younger. Why would they do that? They already have a young team. They've got they fleeced Sacramento and getting Halliburton. That's a good player. You have Miles Turner, who has skill set that works in today's NBA. And then what are the other building blocks? You have 
two young players, one's a big, one's a guard. And then you kind of, and then of course you've got the, at the time, first half of the year, you had the rookie of the year candidate, uh, winner the at the, the first half of the year, which was Benedict Matherin. So what, mo- how much more you want how much, what do you want to do there? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you trade Turner healed? Okay. I get that, but he's got 19 million left. And in, 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 uh, after this year, what what or he's got one more year left. What what would be the benefit there? Who's going expiring to... expiring contracts on a new CBA is actually very attractive, right? But what are they? Who's going to give up anything of substance that they would want for for an expiring contract? Usually, it's the other way around. You got to get a guy that's I don't know maybe on a two three year contract that's making a lot of money to cover that. I don't I don't I don't see. I don't really know what Indiana's doing. I don't know what their goal is other than what they've been doing. And what they're doing is they're, they've gotten younger, they've got young guys, and they've signed them, and let's see if they can def- continue to improve. I don't know if Rick Carlisle is the kind of coach to, to coach for the next five to ten years, but we're going to find out. Well, we're going to see again. I, I was just throwing it out there myself because if in, you know Indiana's looking to move some of its older, more established players, then obviously they're going to try and get good picks for it or – or relatively high choices or some form of cap relief as well. So just thought I'd throw that out there as far as the add-on, because, you know, we've been talking about Indiana and those two for quite some time. I think that if they're going to deal, or if we're going to do a deal with Indiana, it's because at 17, if something doesn't fall to us as far as what the Lakers plan out, again, I'm really thinking that they will go ahead and maybe trade down if they don't see the player that they want or project at that slot. And instead of just grabbing a player that they're not 100% sure on because they've been trying out a lot of players and working out a lot of players, they might trade down and get two or three more players that it may be almost as effective right off the bat. I think the fantasy of a trade with Indiana needs to stop. It, this well, just been- any, I'm talking about there's Charlotte, there's Brooklyn at 21 and 22. There's Charlotte and has three picks in the top. I think the uh, Bulls are the realistic number team to, to trade with. I think that would be the that would be the team that I would talk to if I was Rob. There are a couple players there that the Lakers could use desperately. Somebody like DeRozan, someone like Caruso. Uh, there's a package there that could include a 17th pick or whatever i think that would be something that i would be in complete support of uh but i, I even that is is tough do you see chicago trading caruso who just made the first team all defense DeRozan, i could see maybe but is he worth the 17th pick no um and i think for sure they'll, they'll add, they'd be asking for that so rob's gonna have to probably see which team needs to dump salary on a player that is valuable that's something we need to probably talk about on a on a show where you know after the draft where we can explain who what and why i think that will help i'm not expecting a lot of trades but i am, i am expecting something on draft night i think the real fireworks will start in 10 days or i should say nine and a half days now so that we can see what transpires and which teams are actually going to really be affected by the new CBA that probably kicks in by this time next year. This is Raphael from NBA Draft Junkies.com. 
and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to the NBA draft and Alice is here. Thank you so much, Alice, for joining us. Also as well, big shout out to Brandon, BZ, Intel Wild, obviously PMC as well. Great to have everyone here in the chat. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers fast break. I do want to go ahead and mention that some of the individuals that they may be looking at are all moving up in the draft. At the time we first started speaking about the draft uh, about a month ago, roughly there were individuals such as Derek Lively Grady Dick, uh, Bilal Kulabale, those were players that had, at the time, right around where the Lakers were looking at at 17, those players have risen up in the draft. So it depends on if you're really interested in players like Carson Wallace. Kobe Bufkin is also a name that's risen up in the draft past where the Lakers might be able to draft. Jordan Hawkins, Nick Smith. Bryce Sensaba, who has dropped down in several mocks simply because of the fact that there's a worry about his health and his knees. So if that's the case, I've seen him actually even outside of the first round in a couple of mocks as well. So he looks to be falling. So again, the Lakers have their board on who they want to pick. If it comes down the point where 17 falls around, Joe, you just don't want to grab players that you're not really 100% committed to. That's when another team may call and say, you know what, we're willing to make a deal. I didn't say Indiana per se, but it's something because there's actually teams that are below the Lakers, like Brooklyn, like Charlotte, that can package two or three picks and throw them at the Lakers. So Kobe Bufkin, I'm not so high on the the Michigan players. Uh, I don't like Jed Howard a whole lot. Right. I'm with you on that. Uh, but there is something about Kobe that that is a, a little appealing. He's he's a good finisher at the rim, which <laughs> you've heard you know you've heard enough of that issue with the Lakers. He's a tough guy on def- on defense, and he can't shoot. The problem is 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 he athletic enough to play in the NBA? That's really ultimately the issue, and you can't you can't. I don't think I can remember a player that's that hasn't shown elite athleticism and then all of a sudden he creates elite athleticism in the NBA. What that player will have to do is he'll have to maneuver around the NBA physicality or the NBA elite athleticism in in, in, a, in a, every, above his head basically. Uh, think of Kyle Lowry. Think of a Kyle Lowry type player where he, he's not overly athletic but can get the spots can move his body in a way where he can get separation and obviously play good team basketball uh, it's such a crapshoot at this point especially in that at that at that pick uh, for some reason something's clicking on uh, Derek Lively at 17 I don't know why that's been kind of gnawing at my head 
Uh, well, Derek well, Lively, though, has been like, for instance, Raphael, I was talking to you earlier, Raphael Barlow of the NBA Big Board, he actually has them mocked, and several others have them mocked right in between 9 to 14. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I believe if, if I had to take a educated guess, I believe Derek Lively will be the pick at 17 if he's available. Uh because he fills a couple things for the Lakers in need, and he would be, in my opinion, at that point, probably the best player to, to draft. And the Lakers need someone to help AD. Uh, I think the more this gets close, the more I realize that it's important that the Lakers get some kind of large player, especially if you're going to have to deal with Jokic if you're going to have to deal with Jokic in the west you have to start getting size and I don't know who the Lakers can get in the free agency market that would would matter bigs are usually a couple years in before they start to get good so that might be a moot point anyways but it might be worth the risk a little bit it's just kind of one of those things where what can you do it's a 17th pick how how much can you expect from someone however Lakers are We've said it a hundred times. The Lakers have been able to pick guys that kind of make a mark right at the beginning and then start to get really good. Uh, the only issue is there's not really more than two years left with this team from a LeBron AD standpoint. Good if point. they want to win, if they want to win a championship before LeBron has to retire, I believe LeBron is retiring after the 2025 season. I believe that that's it. That'll be it. So the Lakers have two seasons here to figure out how they're going to, contend for a championship. They feel pretty good about themselves right now, being what, where they were at the, at the deadline and making it to Western Conference Finals. Let's see if they can bring enough, I guess, covers for what they're going to have to deal with with Denver. I think Denver and then now Phoenix, they're going to have to bring enough talent, bring enough cohesiveness in, in 2024 to see if they can get past those teams. And Maybe Phoenix blows up just like every other Kevin Durant team that wasn't in Golden State, but even in Golden State, it it's blew not up. going to end well, my friend. It may be good for a year or two, maybe three at best, but it's not going to end well. Yeah, you're probably right. And in the end, I think it's important, even more important, to to build a team that's going to work, that's going to preserve uh, LeBron and and, and uh, AD, and have a training cap in a full season with a team that's focused on winning a championship. There's a few ways the, the Lakers can go about this. We're going to find out here in a couple of weeks. I don't know. I really don't know. It's been quiet enough to not, to not really get any kind of feeling on what's going to happen, but it's Rob can, can put himself in a position here this summer. If he can use Bamba's asset as well as Beasley for some, someone that's relevant someone that needs to dump salary on, on, a, on, a, on a very good player. I think that could be an option. Uh, how it dictates the Austin Reeves signing and Rui. I've said that Austin's probably coming back. I think Rui will be gone. I believe D'Angelo will be signed for a friendly number, whatever that is. And then the surprises is going to be, can he get something for Beasley and Bamba, because that's a good number. That's a good expiring number. 
if they pick up those contracts at 16 and 10 million dollars respectively i just wanted to make sure everybody knows that uh bz uh says lively junior would address some of our needs but might be too young uh, yeah he still needs a little bit of development but the, the potential is there and the fact that he's he's truly only the only seven footer that could possibly be in that era, you know, that area right there is, is another thing you want to consider, but he is talented and I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Plus I've heard he's really working on his jump shot and that, he, you know, according to, again, my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow from the NBA big board, who's seen him behind the scenes of workouts that he actually could have effective jump shot that he never got to really utilize in Duke. So we'll see what happens there. But one thing I wanted to ask you is something you just barely touched on again with AD going at the four. We talked about this the other night. Uh, Luca, who is uh, always catching our shows afters and providing much in commentary, I sent you the message to go ahead and respond to him. So maybe you can go ahead and do so now. Is the fact that he was uh, adamantly against what you were talking about as far as AD being at the four. So tell me your reasoning, which I agree with for the most part as far as AD this upcoming season necessitating most of his time. Mind you, there's going to be like foul trouble or or injuries here and there that's going to necessitate him playing the five from time to time. But you know, talk talk to you again about what kind of you know importance it is for the Lakers to go ahead and find a true number five to go alongside AD. Well, it's going to come down to workload. That's really ultimately what it's for. I don't care if AD is 400 pounds or 200 pounds. His best position is the four. And in terms of offense, for sure, which he struggled in the Denver off in the Denver series because of it. Uh, more than that is he can't. If you want to, if you were able to spread out the defense a little bit, meaning if you had KCP, you had Caruso in front of him then it's a different story playing center uh, off and on, or at least half the time. But if he has to guard several players or shadow players, that's where that becomes a, a bad process. Bad process in spacing, bad process in uh, his, his inability to focus on his guy and rebounding. He needs, he needs that guy next to him to help him rebound better, play better defense, and not have to manage everything on on defense, which is what he did. And him being injured didn't help. I know that he's injured. He played injured. We're going to see if there's any work that needs to get done before the season. It doesn't sound like there will be. It sounds like maybe it's going to uh, – we're going to be able to just kind of have an offseason where he rests – but it needs to be uh, – he needs he needs help. He needs someone there that can help also play his position as defender when he's sitting. He could not sit without a complete shambles of a defense. D'Angelo, the difference between a guard like D'Angelo and Caruso or KCP, think about that for a second, Right. So if, if, if D'Angelo Russell doesn't score, he becomes useless, right? D'Angelo is a better scorer than KCP and Caruso. But the problem is if he's not scoring, he is 10 times worse at the guard position than Caruso or KCP. Therefore, now AD needs to do what he needs to do to cover that up, which is not going to get covered up, especially if you have elite guards 
making shots like Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray went off. Jamal Murray went off. If he had had one, if he had had, imagine if he had Caruso or KCP in his face at least a little bit, he might not have gone so hot and won some of those games late. The little things matter. And you can't expect AD to be guarding guards, even though we've watched him guard guards and it's amazing, but that's only in spurts. In a series that was decided on average by six points, and one of those uh, games was actually over 10 points. So basically, three of those games were, what, three, four-point difference at the most. That can make all the difference in the world, correct? Has to be, especially in the playoffs. One little thing can make a difference. One little shot, one little whatever. It becomes a game of one shot changing everything. That's that's what that series was. You, 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 it was the most competitive sweep I've seen, if that makes any sense. It was the most competitive sweep I've seen. It was is, a sweep, but it's still it was which a, is, which is three, three of those games came down to yeah. the last. The Lakers should have won. The Lakers should have won possession. game two, and they should have won game four. The they, NBA they, said as much that they made the wrong call in game four. Well, the the the, the NBA can get thrown in battery acid. I can't stand when they apologize. Uh, those uh, those two-minute reports are just awful. Absolutely They should awful. just go and f- fall off a cliff. I, I'm sorry. I, I got to go basic on this. I, I, there's something else I want to say, but I can't. Uh, it's a family show, I know. Uh, but it's just garbage. It's garbage that these guys have absolutely no I, – I, after a while, your sorries mean nothing. As a matter of fact, it's worse. I'd rather you just say there was no problem. Be a piece of crap all the way through. Don't don't act like you, you, you. Oh well, sorry. Well, okay. And then you still have the same refs refing games. Who's getting fired? Who's getting who's who's taking the accountability on this? Whatever. I, I don't care at this point. Lakers. Lakers had a terrible year when it came to the refs, and this is a year where they were the number one free throw attempted team in the league, which is even more mind boggling. But that's again a. a, a, a story for another time or maybe just let it let it die out maybe this next year we can get but we can get past it and not have to worry about it i i don't know i don't know how this is going to play out and that's really probably where i'm at i'm reading a lot of stuff i'm getting info by the minute who's going to go this way who's going to go that way i, I don't know i, I gotta i'll probably know a little bit better on, on thursday when we're uh, when we're doing the show once again it's the lakers fast break we truly appreciate you watching this thing we are talking about Everything going on within the league right now that could affect the Lakers, including the draft, possible trades, and more. Truly appreciate you watching and listening. But one player that is the focus for many this offseason is D'Angelo Russell. And I know that both Adam and Alice have actually said uh, comments here in the past couple minutes in regards to him. And you're higher on him, I think, you know, getting to try to get the read of what you're talking about as far as re-signing him to a contract and what his value is to the team than mine is. Uh, I mean, I guess it's he, for me, it's, I'm not in love or infatuated with him simply because the fact that he is so inconsistent, but Alice called it out. You know, Alice said that the, he, you know, there were times and periods where he got on a hot streak and actually, you know, came out with periods of time where he actually was very good in the Memphis series. And he actually had, complete games at one or two complete games people could go ahead and point to in that memphis series now adam on the other end 
said D'Angelo just happens to be our worst defensive player and actually was a target of Denver in that next series. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I can see both sides of the equation. Again, you're, you've been more favorable in, in your comments about him and resigning him than I have. But I understand the need, even if you don't love the player, you understand that you do need tradable contracts and assets going forward for the Lakers. So I get that part of it. Well, you have no choice with the way the setup is. You're going to have to sign him so you preserve that contract. Yeah. And he wasn't the only guy that had a bad series against Denver. Everyone had a bad series against Denver. So you got to give him – you got to see what he's got here. Can he improve next year? Can he Can he uh, acclimate better in a with a training camp and some cohesiveness and some chemistry? You can't just throw somebody off the – I still remember Manu Ginobili in the 2013 finals. He was absolutely horrid in that series, and he cost them that title. Everyone says it was Ray Allen's shot. And I'm like, well, or Bob, uh, uh, Greg Popovich taking Duncan out the last minute for rebounding, per- rebounding purposes, apparently. I don't know what it was exactly. But if you watch Manu Ginobili play that series, he he, he was making so many mistakes. He cost the, the Spurs the series that in that in that finals. And it happens sometimes. It just happens. So I'm willing to give uh, D'Lo – uh, at least the first half of next season, uh, you know, some time to see if what he's got. Will he be one of those guys that can kind of get past this? Look at Rui. Rui uh, was kind of off and on, and when the playoffs hit, he started playing really well. Was that because he smelled contract time? Maybe. I mean, are you, is everybody out there going to really expect him to hit close to 50% like he did in the playoffs from three? Is is that really an expectation people should have? Because if they are, you know, that's that's really kidding yourselves because he shot 30% in the regular season from behind the arc. So it does look like a smooth shot, good shot, but that could very much been a, a motivation for him, like you were saying, Joe. So if Rui is gone, uh, you know, who's replacing him? So that's what the question that BZ808 is asking. I mean, that's that's a good question because we really don't have that many means of ways to go ahead and, and re- recoup that size if we lose it. I, I'm thinking Rui's gone because I don't think the Lakers want to, it's a, from a salary standpoint, I don't feel that they want to just go for it all the way. I'd have to see it. I, don't, I think they have a number in mind with Rui where if he says more than that, let's say if he wants 15 to 18 mil, I don't think he's coming back. If it's 12 to 14, I think there's some 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 room there. And the, the NBA, I don't think, is going to start spending that kind of money on someone who's still unsure. At least I don't think so. And there's not a lot of mo- teams out there that have big money on salaries other than Houston and San, San Antonio. So who's going to pay Rui, let's say 20 million per for three years. Do you see anybody doing that? I don't, uh, I don't see anybody paying DeAndre Russell 25, 30 mil anymore. Maybe they would have, if he had won a championship and was an integral part of how they won. So the Lakers are in a position, I think with the timing of the CB new CBA and the fact that we didn't end it. Well, there isn't a really a high, there's not high. There's not a high probability that these guys are going to get 
more than what they probably should get. And that's one thing. I, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not feeling it. I don't. Not feeling the market saying we want to go get D'Angelo. We want to go get Rui. They do want Austin Reeves, though. Yes, that's yeah. something that's going to be concerning for the Lakers. Absolutely. Yes. So it's concerning only for the fact that it's going to mean that they're going to have to pay more than what they want, but they're going to have to pay it. And what San Antonio and Houston know, it sounds like they know that the Lakers are going to match whatever money comes their way. One thing I want to ask you though, and that's something that's out there is the possibility of Damian Lillard. If he does not see what he likes during the course of the NBA draft may ask the team to go ahead and trade him. And although they're not obligated to with his commitment to the Portland Trailblazers, you might want to go ahead and respect his wishes to an extent. One of the places that has been speculated on is the Los Angeles Lakers. I know that James Harden's name has also been thrown about. I know that Kendrick Perkins talked about that as a possibility. I know that that's something that, you know, it's going to take a lot to make that happen, but there's always a possibility there, but not maybe at the dollar amounts that, that James Harden would be happy with. But when it comes to Damian Lillard, his contract, his money is already set. The thing is, the Lakers would have to pull off a lot of signs and trades to go get him. Your thoughts on the possibility of Damian Lillard coming to Los Angeles Lakers? Zero. Zero chance. I never say zero with the Lakers. I'll zero never chance. Zero. zero chance. Portland will never trade Damian Lillard to LA. Just get, get that out of your mind. He's going to Miami if he goes anywhere. He'll go to Miami. You're 100% sure on that. I'm 100% sure there's no, there's not a chance in hell Portland will trade Damian Lillard to LA. Let alone. They're not going to trade him to any West team. They're going to trade him East. Just Even if he has to, to do so. That that could be the only way, but what are the Lakers going to offer? What? Austin, Austin Reeves, the 17th pick, and then whatever filler you want. I don't – I don't – I just don't see it. I'm sorry. And I don't think the Lakers want to play that game anymore. I don't okay. think they want to play the three-star game anymore. Sure. So let's say James Harden who, you know, Kendrick Perkins put in, you know, as far as you can say what you want about Kendrick Perkins, but his name caught fire as far as a little Uh, bit trending on the internet in regards to that as a possibility. Technically, because he's a free agent, he's talked about going back to Houston. He's talked about staying with Philadelphia, but also, you know, he could be finding another destination if he truly wants to. He's made a ton of money. He can go ahead and maybe say, be a Laker too. If, if the right call, LeBron's done it before. Sometimes all it takes is sitting down to dinner with him and AD. No, <laughs> I don't want James Harden anywhere. No, he, no, I don't want these. I don't want another malcontent on this team. James Harden is a malcontent, not as bad as Russell Westbrook, but he is a, he is a, he is kryptonite to winning. I don't want him. I don't want him. But he would take a, he'd take a lion's share of those minutes away for LeBron, as you would Yeah, have. but he's, he's, I just, I don't, there's something about him and his game. I'm just throwing that out there, no, everybody. Don't, no, <laughs> bet, no, I, no, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't even want to think about that one. Damian Lillard would be great for about a year or two, but then you have to hope that AD and LeBron stay healthy too. But that's, that's just oh, not going to, oh, all these guys, 
Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, they're all ugly at the end of their contract. You're talking close to $60 million. Uh, Damian Lillard, I think, is going to be good for a while. I think the issue is how are you going to contend when LeBron, AD, or, or LeBron has gone in two years? Are you, is it going to be the Lillard, AD show? Okay. I, I think there's something good there. But more than that is I don't. I just don't – I don't, it's like talking about the Indiana trades. It's just these guys don't like the Lakers. They're not going to trade anyone there. So why are we even thinking about this? It's, it's just a waste of brain cells. I don't want to deal. I don't want to think about it. If it happens, great, because I think they have this coming year where they can they can get away with not having depth. If you've got Damian Lillard in that Denver series, Lakers are winning that series. It's that simple, right? Uh, but I just don't see Portland trading their number one player in how in their own conference, let alone the Lakers, they're going to send him East. And then it's, it's bye-bye birdie. That's it. Unless he asks for it. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they're going to do it. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying again, you know, you, we don't know what the rumors lie as far as it's concerned. A hundred percent. Where this, where this, where's this thought process coming from? It's just, again, it's everything out there in social media. You hear from this reporter, you hear from that reporter, you hear that report, you hear this report. These are all possibilities that have been mentioned over the past few weeks. Who? Who said this? And what idiot is is wanting to get clicks by saying this? So many people wanting to get clicks, man. This is what it's all about again. Again, I'm just right now telling you. If you have to get clicks by being a piece of crap. Go, go be a piece of crap then. But I'm not going to go listen or read your garbage. Okay. Sorry. Let, let's get to, let's get to, of course, it's possible. Of course, everything is possible. I can go. But and, you, you don't feel the need. You don't feel the Lakers might be in a situation where they feel that they have to go ahead and build up their superpower as well. I agree with Roberto on building a team through depth because we've seen teams with depth actually work more often than not. I agree with Roberto, but we've known the Lakers. They've already gone down this road before. So there always will be in the back of my mind some possibility that the Lakers will try to go ahead and obtain a third star. Even Alice said that she sees the possibility of that happening in the next two years as well. A, a possibility of getting one. Trying to get another star for a big no, three. that's easy. Of course, when LeBron retires, they're going to try to get a star. But right now... She You're says in about... two years, but include would you know LeBron would still be on the team? No, 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 no. LeBron is done after 2025. LeBron is done after 2025. Why why would he stay beyond his contract? For what? If he can't be LeBron, what's his what's what's his what's his benefit? You guys saw what happened in this playoffs. This guy is playing his butt off to the point where he can't play like even from a, a year ago, you just guys. It's, at some point, this is going to end. LeBron will have been in in, in the league twenty two years after his contract is over. It's over. It's like that's enough. Let's let's try to maybe get him one more title here and then call it a day. That's it. I, I, I think I think you guys are unrealistic if you think LeBron is staying after twenty two. That's John. I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be done as soon as he has his final year with his son, whether it's uh, on the same team or otherwise. I do think that's probably going to be the case. But when it comes to his friend Chris Paul, you've you know a situation right now. Now, obviously, you know in ways he he only found out about the trade uh, heading to Washington. 
while he was on the plane. I think his son contacted him, and that's how he found out. He gets a bump up from the $15 million buyout possibility that he was looking at. He gets bump up to $25 to $30 million as far as his contract, which will most likely be picked up in full. So he actually was a pretty good day for him as far as picking up that kind of extra cash. The thing is, though, that Washington has not yet indicated whether or not they want to waive him. There's a good possibility they're trying to work out a trade. The Clippers seem to be a front runner. Do you think the Lakers will try to get involved with that, too? You and I have both spoken about how we would like to see Chris Paul and the team only in a veteran minimum status. Yeah, that's it. Veteran minimum, that's it. A dime more? No. Because right, if he's filling $30 million on your roster, that's that's uh yeah that that's a lot for 39 basically if he gets trans let's say he gets moved uh, like for instance to the clippers he would get moved to if he gets traded to the clippers he gets traded for assets that have to move back so now you've got chris paul's 30 million dollars sitting on your books for this year so the clippers are gonna trade paul george there wouldn't be paul george it would be something like uh but they're talking about where it is the word is they want to, they've been gauging interest on Paul George so that they can get a 80 year old CP3 in another trade. For Marcus Morris, who got out of the rotation. What, what, Covington. what in the hell, even, even in a Clipper land, that, that sounds hilarious. I'm just, you know, it's it there, there, you, you're, again. why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why are you caring about a 38 year old guard who hasn't won squat? Who keeps coming up lame at the end of every single season? What what is the benefit of that discussion? If I'm the GM of the of the Clippers, what am I what am I doing? What did I say about Draymond Green and Golden State? Remember how everybody's like, "Hey, dynasty ain't over, right?" Okay, so you're telling me he's going to opt out now for what? So he can sign a smaller deal for more years at Golden State after two garbage seasons what do you think he's gonna do he has to be gone he's done and whoever signs him maybe a, a fourth or fifth option on a compete a competing team for that leadership role right whatever the hell that means with him if i'm golden state i'll let him walk you guys got bigger fish to fry you guys got to figure out who's gonna take cesspool I can't take credit for that. It was one of our esteemed uh, chat chat room guys. Uh, yeah, how are you going to get rid of Cesspool and his contract and his BS? And is Clay Thompson done? Yes, Clay Thompson might be done. Steph Curry is the only guy there that's still playing like Steph Curry. Now, so, Mike Dunleavy, the, the new GM, has said that they do want Green back. Yeah, and I. Uh, I want to date with Jessica Alba too. Is that realistic? <laughs> uh, well, you know, she's kind of uh, engaged already. So am I. So let's get yeah. back to f- stop talking about <laughs> fantasy. And let's get back to reality. Mike well, Dunleavy. You, 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 if you listen to you for like this whole show, you would say nothing is going to go on to happen. There's going to be no moves and that's it. There are always moves leading up there, to the draft. There are moves. Yeah. That makes sense. Like Lillard to Miami. Uh, Draymond Green coming back on a friendlier contract with Golden State? Sure. Likely? Probably not. If you're smart, if you're a smart GM, Mike Dunleavy Jr., and when 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 GMs say, we would like them back, that's usually a sign of bullcrap. 
we don't want him back. I'm just using that for PR. So it's not really I'm not impressed with whatever they're doing over there right now. What 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 have they done that gives you any indication that they're gonna keep the dynasty? The dynasty's over. The Lakers ended it. Get up, get on with your life. You already lost your GM who word around the campfire said he wanted to trade Clay Thompson and Steph Curry used his veto power there. And Draymond Green has been a shell of himself, to say the least, uh, for two years. And you have a $30 million player that's played like a $300,000 player this last year? Yeah, no. Sorry. I don't know what you're going to do, but you better do it right. <laughs> Draymond Verde, that's funny. Roberto has a good point. The only issue with letting Green walk is that they're so over the cap that replacing his salary would be impossible. It would just give them tax relief, but no cap space. And that's something these teams have to f- figure out because Phoenix, it looks like because of their going all in, they already know they're going to be well above that second tax apron. And they're basically their, their roster outside of a move here, move there, unless they trade DeAndre Ayton is going to be fixed for quite some time. DeAndre Ayton is a, is a player that I see being traded. Yeah, for he sure. could be definitely on the move, either uh, now or by the trade deadline. And that's one to look at. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I I'm gonna have to see how this, this this draft plays out, especially the first, the second and third pick. That's an interesting window there on what what what's gonna end up happening. Uh, Adam has the, a good point to remind. Do you think Zion Williamson is staying or going? Where does he want to go? Doesn't matter where Zion wants to go. Do you think that New Orleans has had enough? I think it's important that we know where he wants to go because if somebody trades for him, how do you know he's not going to just eat eat himself to death there? Would you really want to go to Charlotte? No one wants to go to Charlotte. (laughs) I set you up for that one. Answered exactly the way I. No one wants to go to Charlotte. No one wants to go to New Orleans. No one wants to go to Minnesota. Yeah, he wants to go to NYC Tycoon. Absolutely, he's he's actually said that in interviews. Yeah, it's not. Uh, those are the three purgatories in the NBA. New Orleans. But do you think Sh- Charlotte would be interested in trade? You think they're actually going to execute? If that I'm trade? if I'm New Orleans, I think I try to see if I can get somebody out in Minnesota. Let's see if there's a trade there that you can make make happen. Were you talking about for Edwards or? I don't know about Edwards. I think Edwards is going to be the guy there. Who else? Maybe Carl, Towns? Maybe, maybe Carl Ta- Anthony Towns. Something to, to, to stir something up. But then will will he want to be in Minnesota? No. So would you take Towns over Scoot, per se? Because that's who they probably would be targeting. No. I wouldn't take anyone other than Wimbenyamo for Scoot. And I think Charlotte's going to make a huge mistake if they draft Brandon Miller ahead of him. You and I both. You and I both. I know the lot. No one Rafael, learns the lesson, man. No one learns the lesson. I know Raphael talked about it's a better fit, but at that high, it's not the though. best player. It's not a better fit. You're not going to win any more games with those guys. You might as well get the best player. And if Lamelo, if Lamelo, look what happened to Portland not drafting Michael Jordan, right? Because they had Clyde Drexler. Don't make these mistakes, guys. Look what the Philadelphia 76ers did, moving up for Fultz, Markel Fultz, when they could have just got Jason Tatum. 
Don't complicate this, guys. Don't complicate it. Scoot is the second best player in this draft. Scoot has John Morant, uh, Derek Rose skill set right there for you. Why would what about you? If, why, what, what about if uh, would you take the if would you trade Zion Williamson for the second or third pick? If you're if, if I'm if I'm New Orleans, absolutely. But okay. the issue is whoever receives him, they're going to have to deal with his porn star situation as well as his <laughs> eating situation. That's the issue. Who's going to want to take that shot? Who's going to want to? Who's going to want to potentially? trade future superstars for a gluttonous. It's too bad, too, because Zion just seemed like... I don't know what's going on with these guys, man. I, you, you look at somebody like John Morant, you look at that Zion Williamson, these guys are highly, or at least they perceive themselves as, as or showed that they were highly intelligent, mature adults, but they're not. They They got suckered into the the fame and the bull and they're just kind of eh, just typical kind of stereotypical NBA slob. And I know still a lot of individuals that are, are trying to choose for fit and number two for Charlotte are talking about Brandon Miller. But again, uh, as Roberto pointed out, and as also was pointed out earlier today by, by Rafael Barlow on his show that the uh, Vegas odds, and we saw this last year when the you know in the la- in the last uh, 24 hours the the odds swung oh, way over to Paulo, and then uh, you know we saw him voted number one because it's like almost like they knew something, which and oftentimes they do. The odds for number two for Scoot have risen up dramatically, and now he's the favorite to go number two in Vegas. So I uh, I I don't doubt them. I don't doubt their ability to go ahead and gauge what's going on. And again, like you, I have seen uh, Scoot, uh, you know, on tape, but I've also seen him live. I've seen the kid's competitiveness. I've seen what this kid can do on a real life basis. I've seen Brandon Miller for quite a bit and quite a stretch on tape, or excuse me, on video, on YouTube, what have you. And I will say though, I am extremely impressed by Scoot, much more so than Brandon. I think Brandon's going to have a nice career, but I really think Scoot is a a transitional player as far as being able to move your your team and your franchise in from one level eventually to another i guess hindsight's 2020 we're gonna find out absolutely i I, I, the nba the nba the this year's college crop was not good most of these guys, like Scoot, isn't even playing on a college team. And most of the guys I saw during the tourney were like, eh, it just didn't see anybody that impressed me. So most of these guys, are, their, their effectiveness is going to be dictated by which team drafts them, which coach dra- uh, is coaching them, and where they fit with a team. Uh, I don't see anyone other than Wimbayama changing anything and then scoot has that chance as well as long as he doesn't go to the purgatory teams which charlotte is one of those and if he goes to portland he's it's going to be his team right off the bat because i think damian lillard then says i'm, I'm out of here and he'll get sent to miami for bam out and tyler tyler hero and maybe duncan robinson and some draft picks and miami will start doing their thing there uh at least that's how I look at it. It's such a 
crapshoot right now. I don't, I'm still trying to understand the new CBA and how that's going to affect things. I've been reading some things here and there, but uh, my brain hurts from all the stuff going on, <laughs> on the, all the, all the little intricacies and the apron one and the apron two and what happens here and what happens there. And the fact that the NBA is like, well, clean up your act guys. We'll see you next year. Like that whole concept kind of stupid. I just wish it was a basic setup. I just, I'm tired of all these little nuances that you have to set up so that you don't pay a tax. And then if you do this, then you can't really do that. And it's like, do they really, did they really need to complicate it that much? I mean, if you're going to complicate it, just put 250 million on a hard cap and call it a day. All this nonsense of apron one and apron two, is it, was it necessary to do this? Are the owners that terrible at just making a decision? Is the competitive balance that bad? I mean, guys, that you're making all these rules, teams like New Orleans, teams like Charlotte, teams like Minnesota still suck. So what are, we, what are we doing this for? Memphis is still not winning squat. What is it? Orlando still sucks. Atlanta still doesn't win sh- jack anything. What, the, what, what's, what is all this for? To keep the big... New York hasn't won squat in 50 years. What What is with all this? Big market money? Or is it just Lakers? Is it just the Lakers? You're just making these rules so the Lakers don't sign everyone? Pretty stupid, pretty stupid decision on my part. Not because I'm a Laker fan. It's just the Lakers did what they've done the last 23 years because they're the Lakers. Whether you have it strict or not, they're still winning championships. They win championships tripping over themselves. They go to the Western Conference Finals barely being able to make the playoffs. That's what winning franchises do. You can change all the rules you want. You can make it difficult for them to sign. It's just still going to, there's still a culture there. They still get the guys that they want. So why not just end this charade of 700 different ways where you have to sign somebody and match contracts and just let the league just decide on who wants to make their money and who doesn't. Oh, well, Joe, it'll be like the Major League Baseball. Okay. Okay. Now, now what? What, what's, what, what? What are we supposed to do now? Do you want to make it all even like the NFL? You can't. NFL is different than Major League Baseball and the NBA. NBA especially. The NBA is all about who you get in that first one, two, three pick. Can you get that superstar that can carry you? We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Sorrell and me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Before we hit an out, again, the Lakers do have the 17th pick in the NBA draft. Joe, it looks like you and I, if we had the choice in that area, players that were eligible between 7 and 25, let's just say that we see in mock drafts, 
I think if you and I have the choice, we would go ahead and all apologies to what we see with uh, whether it's Stone Hansen and the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, Rafael Barlow from the NBA Big Board, uh, anybody else that's out there, your thoughts on that. I really think that both you and I would pick Derek Lively Jr., the, uh, our first choice. That would be our first choice if he falls to us at 17. If that doesn't happen, is there anyone else that you're really looking at? Grady Dick's name has always been brought up. A few other players. You mentioned Bryce Sensabaugh as well, Kobe Bufkin, some other players. Nick Smith was someone that Stone also mentioned as well. Any thoughts on who you might be looking at if, of course, Derek Lively does not fall to the Lakers? Well, Nick Smith Jr. is is appealing because you have a guy that, because of his injury, has destroyed his stock. This guy could have been a five, top five pick. If you select, let's say, Nick Smith Jr. at 17, if he drops that far, uh, which a lot of the draft mocks that I've seen say he will, uh, and he doesn't get injured, that could be the steal of the draft. And you're, you're talking about a guy that's got tremendous offensive value. And you'll get him for what? Well, according to Rob, you'll sign him for two years, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully, he smartens up on that one and does enough evaluation on his on his body to preserve him, and hopefully, signs up for four years so he can use that kind of like the drafting a, a star quarterback first three four years. You have a chance to fill out the team and 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 compete. He could he he's intriguing to me. Nick Smith Jr. is the most intriguing guard, at least in that area. I, I would if Bryce Sensabaugh's knees are healthy, I know his defense is iffy, but he is a scoring machine. I really would like to, you know, I don't think he'll be drafted that high, but you know, if he falls and the Lakers could somehow pick up either a late th- first somehow or an early second. That might be something that might they might be interested in. As well. Lakers are going to do one of two things on whomever they draft. They're either going to get someone who's good on offense or someone who's good on defense. And there's <laughs> There's only two that, choices. Right? There's not going to be anyone at 17 that's going to do both. Yeah. We have to understand that. We have to live with it. What's going to help is if, if you can draft one of those two, whomever is the best player available, Hopefully you can get the other side in free agency or through a, a, a trade. Uh, that's the focus. That's the focus, at least from my. He's not that big, BZ. Uh, he's six five. He's listed at six five. Yeah, he's. I mean, I guess look. Think of a D'Angelo Russell size. D'Angelo's probably close to six three, but you know he's listed at six five. Uh, but he can, he's, he's great on offense, just like D'Angelo. And if D'Angelo doesn't get signed or if there's a trade there that the Lakers are able to make, now that kind of gives you a player that's got kind of similar skill sets if he's healthy with a fraction of the cost. So many ways to play this out. How it's going to happen, how it's going to work out is the Rob is going to look like a genius if, he, if everything works out. And if it doesn't work out, he's going to look like a complete idiot. But in, if you look at it from a common sense standpoint, there's really he's, – he's at the mercy of what can I sign without having an issue with ownership saying, well, this is too much money. We want to, we don't want to spend this much money. We don't want to be saddled with this next year because of the CBA going into full effect and all that. 
I'll tell you what, though, my friend, it's been great conversation so far. Got so many people here. Thanks so much again for watching this thing. It is the Lakers fast break. Roberto is, is something that, you know, he's talking about something that, that I am receptive to, but I know that you're not, and that's trading down for a package of picks. I think the Nets could be a possibility at 21 and 22. They have both of those picks. The Lakers would, you know, buy – it is – just put it this way. It is enticing to get some of those later first-round draft picks, Joe, because if you bundle for a package of that, they are cheaper. They're on contract in, unless Rob blows it somehow, again, like he has with some of the other second-rounders. They are contracted to three to five years, so you can watch them develop on a, at a lower price point, and they help you with that aspect. But again, you're right. As far as the other end of it, the more players you get that are rookies coming in, the less they can possibility that they can help you right away. We, I just don't we did see it a little bit with Christian Brown and a couple other rookies, but yeah, for the most part, it's a tough tall to ask. I just I don't think the Lakers are in a position to stockpile draft picks for players that are going to be less effective just because you want to add another one on there. I don't, I don't, I, the Lakers need someone that can make an impact right away. And it's very hard. It's already very hard picking at 17 to do that. If you're going to drop down into the low 20s and high 20s because you want to add draft picks, the only reason why you would do that is to use it for assets. So if you want to go after somebody like a third star or, or maybe a couple players that would help be a, a, a two and a half star, but two guys that are two and a half stars and you need draft capital to add to the trade, then that would make sense. Uh, but I don't, I don't see, I just don't see anybody trading. I don't see anybody trading for D'Angelo Russell that, of, of, unless the Lakers are giving the other team more money or more assets. I don't see what the point of that would be unless the other team was trying to get rid of a large, let's say a two, three year contract. Uh, Levine like trying to get rid of something like that but then you need D'Angelo and somebody else and then you have a Levine who's making 40 million dollars for the next three years although again that's where Beasley's contract Bomba's contract those two definitely come into play just because the fact that they're on one year expirings if you decide to pick up those It, 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 it I guess in a I'm also factoring in, does Jeannie want to pay that money? So let's talk about that. Why is Chicago on my mind, right? Let's say, huh? The pizza? No. I, I had pizza in Chicago. I like most things that people tell you, a lot of things. It, it, oh, it's pizza. It's not <laughs> like I've eaten good good pizza a lot in my life. I don't see where... Chicago style. Yeah, just because it says Chicago on it doesn't what, what it's gonna taste like berries and, and, and chocolate. Like I don't I don't never understood this all well. You gotta eat pizza in Chicago. Oh, is it made of different bread in Chicago? No. What about the sauce? Well, okay. I've had good pizza at commercial chains and I've had good pizza at more independent chains. And at, at some point pizza's gonna taste like pizza. Crappy pizza is very obvious, but really good pizza. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a different story, but if Chicago, let's say wants to dump salary, looking at their setup, they have DeMar DeRozan, who's on his expiring contract. 
usually guys on expiring contracts are not going to get traded unless they're getting assets like draft picks back because there's no point. Why would, why would, why would you just trade them for whatever? Right. I think Vucevic, Vucevic, Vucevic is going to get signed. And if that happens, it's almost, I feel guaranteed that they're going to try to move Levine because that's just too much money, especially with what's going on with Lonzo Ball. They're stuck with him for four, what, two more years? Do you see uh, them following the same path as Washington? I think there's a very I could real see, possibility. I could, see, I could see that. So the Lakers, in that scenario, I'd say if there's one team that is intriguing is Chicago. Do the Lakers use Mo Bamba, Beasley, and some draft capital to get Zach Levine? That's going to be the question. The thing we'll, is, though, and, and can you and, and let's say you sign D'Angelo for I don't know three years at sixty mil. Does he get used in a sign and trade in that deal? Because Chicago would still need a, a guard, right? At some point, they don't have Lonzo Ball. The thing is, I think if if uh, very going to be One very telling if if Chicago can somehow dump Ball's contract to a team that has a lot of cap space you know, with whatever assets they can get, you know, tie tie along with it. Because I think for all intents and purposes, ball could be done as a player. So they probably want to go ahead and try to do what they can to get rid of that contract to a prospective buyer for the right price. If they can do that, then you're right. That would leave, it leaves the hole open anyways for a D'Angelo or some other point guard to come in there and take over the spot. But yeah, I think it definitely incentivizes the bulls even more, but also, there's a very real possibility if they can't unload Ball's contract that they could be rebuilding very soon. I think they need to be rebuilding. Uh, especially, I, I just, they're not going to win with this team. Uh, I'd love to get Caruso back in, in that deal as well. There's a way we can use D'Angelo's contract and uh, Beasley and Bamba with some draft capital to get Zach Levine and Caruso. That's a... That's a win now move. Now you have an offensive force in Levine, and then you have a defensive force in Caruso. You have those two guys in the Denver series. That series changes as well. Um, and then you can use the mid-level exception for hopefully a serviceable center, and now you're ready to go after a championship. That that would be something that is realistic <clears throat> in my book. That would be something that I think Laker Nation would be excited to find out how that kind of works out. The only issue there is you're paying Zach Levine, what, $40 million up to almost $50 million until 2027. Does Jeannie want to do that? Probably not. Well, I'll tell you what, though. It's been a great conversation. I truly appreciate everyone out there watching this. You guys have been great. Would Chicago send Levine to us or New York NYC? If New York wants to get rid of RJ Barrett or the Lakers want to get rid of Austin Reeves in that trade. I think that would be, that would come down to it. I think that's what what would have to come back to Chicago in that trade would be either a sign and trade with Reeves involved or a sign and trade with RJ Barrett because of the assets involved for, for Chicago that they need in the back. We, the Lakers don't have enough first round trades, so they definitely would want to probably have Reeves, as a, uh, would you give that up? Would you give up a sign and trade for Reese for Levine if that was an involved? That's in a package? lateral. That's a lateral move. No, I, I, having Levine and let's say Caruso in a deal with 
But I'm thinking from this from the Chicago aspect of it. I mean, what's in it for Chicago? Chicago's right? it's what what they're in is they're dropping that huge salary. But they want that, assets in return. So sure. what do they get give in return? Them, give them well, if you want to add a, a 29 pick and a, and and this year's pick, that's it. That's the that's the only uh that's the only picks or the 30 for 31 pick, I guess. You want to win another championship with LeBron, you're going to have to keep Austin Reeves, bring in Levine, bring in Caruso, and you now have that 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 dynamic that you're looking for, and hopefully free agency can can get you a big that can play up front. So I ask you, so again, you know, not that I want to get rid of Reeves because I would prefer Reeves, but let's say the Chicago dangles. Reeves goes only to superstars. Well, no, I'm just saying Levine and Caruso. So Levine and Caruso doesn't move the needle for you? For Reeves? Yeah. No. Okay. No. I'm just asking. What what I'm just asking. Yeah, you you it's you'd have to bring DeRozan in there too. If if you okay. said DeRozan, Levine for Reeves and Fillers, that it might involve be... Rui. Yeah, that's fine. I I, I would take I would take DeRozan, Levine, and Caruso for a package of Reeves, Rui, and whatever assets they want to put in there. But that, so that, you, might, that, be, would, that, that might be that too much, though. That might be too much. I don't see how that would work. Okay, I'm just I, asking. I, I think I think I think the I think the Bulls can get a better deal than that somewhere else, especially with if DeRozan's involved. Because DeRozan's going to be DeRozan would go. Somebody would want DeRozan to to, to try and to that go. Still wouldn't, that still wouldn't solve their point guard issue in Chicago. No, it wouldn't. But they have a lot of issues. I don't know. Even if that trade is done, I don't. They'll still have issues. Yeah. So it, it looks like a rebuild is probably it's it's order. it's, it's going to be a money thing. The, 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 those deals happen in in the Lakers' favor because that team wants to drop salary and lo- yeah. dropping the Levine contract. You're talking about a contract that's going to pay him 40, 43, 46, and four, almost 49 in the next four years. You can get out of that if you take on D'Angelo Russell for three years at 20 mil. And then you have Mo Bamba, you have Beasley that are making 26. You throw in Caruso in there because the, the Lakers want to get him back. Could be interesting. That 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 part might be me kind of hoping for that, but Levine for expiring contracts and drafts draft picks, oh, that's very realistic. Very realistic. Do you think in some cases? Because I know I hear the scuttlebutt online as far as from just general fans out there that we as Laker fans hold Austin Reeves to a higher level or echelon than the, the rest of the nba sees him at do you think that's true or not so true because i even see adam right now in the chat talking about austin reeves straight up for dame lillard in a trade oh i would do that in a heartbeat for dame lillard. i told you that austin reeves has to be traded for he would a, be the a legitimate third star you don't trade him to you don't trade him for let's say demar DeRozan straight up because that's a lateral move in the end you're talking about a guy that's still young the guy that has many years left Look what happened when we let Caruso go. We screwed that up, right? We screwed it up. We lost a defense, a first-team all-defensive player when we needed a guy like that in the Denver series, right? We can't let go of guys, especially guys that you develop. How do you, you develop a player and then you let them go? What's the point then? 
What is the point? Luckily, you want a championship with them, so that kind of eases the problem. But you can't you can't develop players, teach them the Laker way, and they come then they're effective for you. And then say, you know what, we're out. We're gonna let you go because we don't want to pay your money or we think you're not that good. No, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's gonna he's a third star or fourth star. He is he is the the culture. He's one of the guys that's part of the culture, and you want to keep that there. It, it, it helps with chemistry. It helps with winning basketball, especially when you have two of the guys that are stars on your team. So again, I'm just again, these are scenarios that have been talked and bandied about over the past few days and weeks, as far as the rumors, the innuendo, the stuff that's going on, because it's been too quiet in Lakers land. And so everybody starts to bring up all these things back up again, as far as who might be going where and could somebody end up that's really big be headed to the Lakers. So definitely wanted to go ahead and, and make sure that we, you know, we provide you with some insight on that. And obviously, even though Joe and I are still very concerned about who would be available at number 17 and how we would go about there as far as decisions we would make, whether or not we, you know, if the individuals that, that we are looking for are not there at 17, what we would do with the pick or would we go ahead and pick anyways or trade down or the possibilities they're in. So definitely a lot to think about as far as the, the way that, you know, everything is shaped out, but I do expect a lot more movement to take place or at least to be talked about before the draft. I know there's a, been kind of quiet in the league so far outside of Draymond Green and Kyle Kuzma, both saying bye-bye to the last years of their contract. Do you think it'll start perking up real soon, my friend? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's going to be some movement here uh, after the draft. Or even before? Mm. I don't know. There's usually a bevy of activity either right on or before, just before in the hours leading up. To in the, f- the, in the few things that I've read, the guys that would be in the know would, would be able to hint at something that you can kind of decipher. Mm-hmm. Everything else seems to be just clickbait garbage. And I, I know this because I scroll, you know, after a while, the algorithms know what you look at. So I see these headlines of uh, Damian Lillard is going to go to the Lakers. Like, it's just stupid waste of time articles that whomever is putting it out there should just get I love just throwing those questions out at you because it just pisses yeah, you it's off. it's stupid because it's stupid. It's a even stupid, behind the season, he, even behind it, the scenes, he, he chews me out for this. But It's a stupid, it's a stupid waste of time. And... It's what creates these problems. It's just, it's it's just, it's it's stupid fodder. It's all it is. And I I want to know, I want to know legitimate. I want these schmucks, and I think a lot of my anger from it is these are the schmucks that have five hundred thousand followers. These guys are influencing these these people who are on there, and these people who are are watching. Like, why are you? Why are you following these clowns? Is it just entertainment? No valuable information, no realistic mindset of things. If that's the case, I feel sorry for you. I do. I feel sorry for you that you need to have that kind of entertainment of bullcrap. How about watch what we say? We can be entertaining. You know that. And how about the right information? Or do you just want to feel good? You just want to imagine the fantasy. This is not a movie, guys. I understand if it's a movie where 
Vin Diesel flies 45 feet in the air, catches somebody, then goes into the trunk of a car with no scratches. I, do, you, you know, I, do you really have to remind me about Fast X? That was two hours of my life. I can't. I haven't that. watched a Fast movie, I think, since seven. I watched it last week. It's absolutely horrid. Yeah, seven. I think seven, which was the last or the movie that Paul Walker, unfortunately, passed away before they finished. And as far as I'm concerned, this is this is the epitome of the the, the viewers. And oh, it used to be about the cars, right? And and that was kind of the appealing part. Hey, I'm there to watch the cars. Then you realize they, these guys turned into James Bond, turning into Thor, going flying in the air and being spies and all this. I'm just sitting there going, okay, what is it with this franchise that just draws in a billion dollars? It's almost like a bad nightmare. But back to back to the basketball thing. This is reality. This is real. This isn't fake. Start start watching people who actually know what's going on. Yes, we're supposed to have an opinion. Yes, we're wrong sometimes. That's part of it. But we're right most of the time. And if you want good information and you want realistic information, watch us. If you want me to do my rants, I'll do my rants. I, a lot of times I'll do a rant because you guys ask for the rant. I'm actually all right. You guys might not think I'm all right, but I am. <laughs> you know what you should do? You should actually start a cameo and have people pay to go ahead and do a rant for them. Yeah. Oh, it's your birthday? Well, bleep, 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 bleep. You for your birthday. Well, that that would be nice if it wasn't me for somebody okay. else. Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm, that's a way to generate I'm funds. On, I'm on this show because I was invited to be on the show. I would have I never remember inviting you. I yes. would have never started my own podcast because I, I just, I think that's just, I, I have different opinions on that. Um, oh, well, thank you. What I mean by that is I, you, 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 you've done your podcast trying to set up an ensemble, which is different. I'm talking just starting a, a podcast and just yapping about stuff that no one cares about. In this case, if I had gotten on here and stayed on here for a year and the numbers were dipping, I'd be the first to tell you, I don't think anybody gives two craps about what I say. Uh, Gerald, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to have to go. <laughs> uh, there are a few out there that do enjoy the show, and that's the point. Uh, I don't do interviews discussing my life. Uh, I'll obviously throw some things here with work and fam every now and then, just because I want you to do now. I do want you guys to know I'm human, but I don't delve into the information too much. I, I, we're here to do a Lakers show. We're here to give relevant information and throw in some entertainment there as well. And then you also are getting a little bit of me in real life. I am, I, I, I am somewhat on a crusade to puncture and destroy yellow journalism and yellow yellow personalities in general pieces of garbage you can some of it is subjective i guess some people don't like certain people that i i get that but i'm i usually try to go after and, and those guys that are truly you know dried bloodstains Fair enough, indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everybody out there watching this thing. If anything comes up over the next two days, Wednesday, we'll, we'll definitely have a show. It's the fastest hour and 24 minutes ever. Uh, well, Wednesday, if something comes up, we'll, we'll obviously jump on the air. We'll go ahead and make sure you're covered on that. 
Thursday, at the very least, we will be live at 5 o'clock with a simulcast from both Playback.tv, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. The whole nine yards will be all over the place covering the NBA draft in its entirety right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Laker Tom has already asked to be a part of it. Joe Soro and I are going to be here as well, so definitely going to look forward to going ahead and hearing our rants and comments as the whole NBA draft goes by. Going to see about maybe doing a snack pack before the draft if there's any really uh, real news or rumors that we need to go ahead and really talk about at length before the draft. So definitely want to look for that as well. So we're going to keep you in the loop on what's going on here at the Lakers Fast Break. It's truly appreciated. Alice, Roberto, petting my cat, Mark, Howard, you know, everybody, Adam, just been so sensational throughout the entire show. Again, the best Lakers chat room is right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Any last thoughts, my friend? Again, it's all been too quiet on the Western Front for now. Yeah, there's a little bit of a lull that happened uh, after the playoffs ended. Even even the show took a little bit of a lull, but the last oh show... Oh, gosh. The, the Everybody's last worried show... about this. Are you guys off the air for good? I'm like... No, I'm no, no, guys. This. Again, no, it's... If, if we're just... Look... We know who our people are. We know our loyal. Our people are going to be loyal, and I want I want the people who are watching this show, who are listening to it right now, who will listen to it on on, on rerun on replay, those who listen to this six months from now or a year from now, the only reason why. The only reason why this show is going where it's going is because of you guys. You guys have built the foundation, and when it gets big you will still be the foundation. I don't want to lose those guys. I don't want to lose because this chat room eventually is going to be rolling like the score app. It's just going to be with many, many people having their, their say. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to figure out a way to slow that down as much as I can for those who built this thing for us. And this, we're not going anywhere. Gerald and I are not going anywhere. I'm healthy. He's healthy. Uh, we got guys that come in when they can and, and do their best when they can. But for sure, this show is going to continue to progress. And we're already getting to that point where we're going to get back to playback, which I missed dearly, by the way. Uh, I'm excited for that on Thursday. I'm, I was supposed to go to Newport Beach for a dinner on Thursday on Thursday night. How the hell with Newport and Beach? I said, and I said, I got, I got work to do, guys. I'm sorry. I got work to do. And Everyone understands this is a big part of what we're going to be doing here. And it's just going to continue to do what it's doing. And I'm hoping that there's some positive that comes out of it too in the journalistic world and the analyzation world, because I think there's no one really doing that. I think you have too many clowns and too many yappers that, 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 that have big positions in this industry. We need to have somebody that actually knows what's going on, understands the cap, understands reality, understands why and what. There are surprises, yes. There are people who get desperate, yes. However, more often than not, we predict what we predict, and a lot of times we're right. If you don't believe me, go ahead and look back in uh, October. Matter of fact, go look at October 22nd and see what 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 Gerald and I said about who was going to be in the finals. Gerald picked one out of the two. I picked both. I just got the winner wrong. I thought Miami would 
be formidable over Denver at that point. Actually, I, I just picked them to win the West in the regular season. I did not pick them to go all the way to the finals. So I want to clarify that. But yeah, you and I both thought they were going to be having a good season overall. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. Uh, you could actually go farther back to me in the Russell Westbrook trade the day that came out. I thought that was a thing was an epic failure and and was just, you know, trash upon all trash. So definitely go from there as far as that or even going back farther or even that if you want to go ahead and check out the shows that we did during the bubble and all that so yeah we thought this team was really going to be good at that time and it sure ended up uh, being the case and definitely we're more right than wrong here and we we're very thankful for that but again it all starts with you you the listener and you the viewer out there and you the follower so hopefully again if you will like and subscribe please go ahead and help support us help to get us to where we need to be, help to get us to where we would like to be. If you do, it is truly appreciated from all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Joe Sorrell, LakersBall.com and Simblades.com and me, Gerald Glassman from the Pop Culture Cosmos and Lakers Fast Break. Thanks so much for watching this thing. If anything comes up tomorrow, I will come up on the fly or we will go ahead and do something tomorrow night. And Thursday, if it's really hot and heavy with all the trade talk and trade action, We'll go ahead and do something Thursday afternoon. And then, obviously, we're going to be here for the major simulcast that we'll be doing. Mahalo as well, BZ. Absolutely. Mahalo, Gerald and Joe. There you go. Absolutely. I love the islands. Oh, my gosh. Hawaii is – man, I just would love to be there. I'm planning to be there beginning of August. Beginning of August. Don't know if I'm going to go back to Kauai again. I might. We might go to Maui this time, but we'll find out soon. Kauai is just devastatingly beautiful. It's just so awesome. Man, stop it. Don't do Hawaii talk around me. Oh, my gosh. I miss it even more. All right. Shaka bra, everyone. Have a good evening, and we'll see you maybe tomorrow, but definitely on Thursday for the NBA draft at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.